Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everyone. Good evening uh, to the Lovered Roundtable discussion of the Book of Proverbs and how to utilize um, the principles of King Solomon to uh, maximize your results in every area of your endeavors, whether business or personal. Uh, this week, we're covering the management principle of humility, and um, I'm your host, David Newby, and uh, let's go ahead and jump in and pray uh, before we get into the study. Um, the, uh, the document, as always, uh, is going to be, there's this two-page PDF for humility. You want to go to lared.org, that's L-A-R-E-D.org. Um, click on the Principles tab, and then scroll down and find Humility, um, and then uh, just click on the two-page PDF, the last document in the row there. All right, let's go ahead and open up this study with some prayer. Father, um, thank you for today. Thank you for your provision, for your grace, for your love for us. Thank you, Father, for um, being glad and excited to bless us and to... Um, equip us with what we need to accomplish your purposes, to have um, the abundant life that you said that you came to give, Lord Jesus, and for you to give us insight into how we can live uh, more abundantly, and not just focus on financial abundance, Lord, it's only one part of it, but focus on um, relational abundance, and um, with our families, with our wives, with our kids, with our friends, with our clients that we serve, um, an abundance of peace. Um, the abundance of all of your fruits, Holy Spirit, um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And I always forget the ninth one. Um, I just pray that you would uh, speak to us and make this time very fruitful for our hearts and for our lives, that we may, we may walk in accordance with your will for us. Um, we just thank you again for this time, Father. And we pray these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Ah, uh, yes. So, the verse for this week about humility is Proverbs 28.13. And by the way, if you're having a hard time understanding me, uh, please forgive me. I just had a tooth pulled today. So this is a good topic. Uh, humility, if, I, if, I am, if it's hard to understand me, then um, uh, please be gracious with me because uh, I'm going to have to humble myself here and I hope that the uh, pain medication has worn off enough, the numbing medication, that uh, you can hear me clearly. So yes, Proverbs 28.13 says, A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he will get another chance. So as we're going through this PDF, let me go ahead and read the first couple of paragraphs. We'll discuss that, and then we'll go on to the next couple of paragraphs after that. it's always good if you're following along. I said we're underlining any key concepts found in the principle that relate to about to you, so you can meditate on those and maybe write notes about, um, you know, something that impacts you. Um, but if you take notes, you remember stuff a lot better than if you just hear it. So the more engaged you are, the more senses you use, the better. So um, I'm just going to jump into the first couple of paragraphs. 
Humility is an awareness of our continual need for growth and having a proper respect for the contributions that others have made to our success. It is not easy, always easy, to be humble and say, I made a mistake or I'm wrong. We all like to be right because it makes us feel good and accepted. It boosts our ego and our self-worth. As good and right as we may be or want to be, we all make mistakes. Living is learning based on practice and mistakes. The problem is not in making mistakes, but continually making mistakes, mainly because we continue we fail to recognize our failures. The judicial system says not to, to not admit or say anything because it may be held against you in a court of law. This encourages us to believe we can get away with anything that cannot be proven and to hide our wrongdoing and consequently live with guilt. Guilt is of the heart, not only when proven by law. It will make us hard and we become defensive and protective. We must recognize that we are not always right or complete in ourselves. If we refuse to admit our mistakes, we stop growth and progress in our lives. Hmm. Well, um, I don't know about you, but a couple of things sort of jumped out at me there. Um, it's the beginning of September 2015, time of this recording, and um, but it says guilt is of the heart. I don't know, make us hard and we become defensive and protective. Um, not making a political statement here, but I have noticed and I have been following the Donald Trump uh, candidacy for U.S. president. And I notice like sometimes when people ask him, like, would you, like, do you, want, would you want to apologize or do you think he should apologize? Um, you know, he would say, like, no, I don't think so or I don't, you know, and, and if, you know, if I'm wrong, I, I will apologize. I noticed that um, something that's not easy for him to do and, um, and I admire that because the whole, uh, I'm not a big fan of the political correctness and you said some word that some person somewhere found offensive and you, you need to apologize. Um, if you feel, if you, the Holy Spirit convicts you and you really feel that you wronged someone, we do, we should we should always listen to the Holy Spirit's conviction and um, apologize to someone because, you know, Jesus said uh, you don't want to, you don't want to be a stumbling block for others, especially those that are spiritually less mature than you. And also, um, you know, we want to always, uh, like Paul said in the New Testament, make every effort to live with, live in peace with all men. Um, and I think that, you know, if we, we should always be aware of defensiveness. So if we're finding that we're becoming defensive and we're looking for reasons not to apologize or reasons why we're right and we don't have to apologize, I think that's such a big, big warning sign to us. So, um, I'm not saying I think that uh, Donald Trump has um, become harder-hearted, but I think that over time, if you um, are in a position where people don't hold you accountable, I think the more money you have, the uh, less people are likely to attempt to hold you accountable. Um, that could become a um, something that could trip you up. You know, it could become a downfall. So um, let's really focus on being soft-hearted and um, humble before the Lord, no matter how successful we are. I think most people in business want to be as successful as possible, want to be good stewards, want to make a big difference. And, um, you know, we can um, we can start making excuses for things we do that don't honor the Father. So, yeah, let's listen to our heart, you know, the, the conviction of the heart. Um, 
know, that's where guilt starts. It's, it's not going to be in the court of law. It's going to be in our heart, and God will give us chances to um, make things right. So, um, yeah, that really jumped out at me during the second paragraph. Um, I love the end of that first paragraph, too. Um, as good as, as we want to be, um, we, are, we all make mistakes. And what is living about? Living is learning based on practice and mistakes. Problems not in making mistakes, but continually making them mainly because we fail to recognize our failures. I think if we're repeating the same mistakes over and over again, that should be a sign to us that um, we need to humble ourselves and seek a higher level of wisdom from the Father. And um, maybe there's some kind of identity you need to let go of or... Um, some kind of a uh, blockage in our soul. Um, you know, maybe we had some traumatic event growing up and, and, and we uh, made a conclusive statement to ourselves, like, oh, when this happens, that means this, and, and so I'm going to do this. I'm going to react in this way to protect myself. Um, I experienced that myself, um, noticing that um, so something with my dad, you know, I, I pretty much blocked out my life before age seven there's a lot of trauma in the house. And um, I think that my dad being a workaholic, here's a, a, one of the last graphic examples, um, working a lot, um, I noticed that it was hard for me when I had my first son and he was young to spend time with him. And I used to really feel guilty about that and beat myself up about it. And then I realized um, I'm just modeling what I saw my dad do as a little kid what I think is normal when my parents got divorced when I was seven, so... Um, you know, I had to really renew my mind and consciously decide to admit, hey, this is not the Father's will for how I should parent. Um, humble myself and admit, hey, you know, I need to do something different. So I started just scheduling seven to nine every night with family time, you know, time to have dinner and do something with my, my kids and my wife and not work. Um, that was how one tool I used to help me get over um, being a workaholic and modeling my dad in that way. So... A lot of times you might not even be intentionally um, or consciously choosing to make a certain mistake over and over again. But I, I encourage you, um, if you see habits that are unhealthy, um, don't beat yourself up about it. Don't feel like you have to find out the exact thing that happened in your life growing up that, that made you uh, start to act this way or develop this pattern. Just give it to the Lord and ask him to renew your mind and show you how he would have you to live. Um, I think if you do that, you're gonna your results are gonna tr- improve tremendously. So um, yeah, let's really humble ourselves, you know, in our family lives and in interactions with our coworkers and our bosses and our uh, employees, our subordinates, and make sure that we're um, practicing humility and, and admitting when we make mistakes when we're wrong. Um, that will really help us have unity with our teams. Oh, you don't want pride creeping into people's hearts especially in our own, because that's going to really negatively affect our work. Um, and not only with your coworkers, but with your clients as well. Um, you know, pride uh, says in the word, and Proverbs, pride comes before a fall, but humility comes before honor. So let's uh, let's protect ourselves from having big falls. So what are the next two paragraphs on this first page here? We have, um, we can't change or heal what we won't acknowledge. When we make a mistake, the only way to bring about real change is to admit it as quickly as possible 
accept our responsibility, and get ourselves back on track. Whoever admits to making a mistake practices humility in the situation. This means accepting the responsibility for our behavior. The most serious mistake we can make is to know we are wrong and not do anything to make it right or change it. When we are truthful and admit our mistakes, we help ourselves and those around us and have a chance at another opportunity. Some people think that humility is in some way a type of inferiority and avoid this attribute of character. In fact, those who are not humble have to defend themselves with false self-justifications with every mistake they make, and they end up destroying their character and generate negative feelings in people around them. In reality, not being humble could be a problem of an over-excessive ego. Many times when we fail to practice humility, we, acceptance, we accept false flattery from our friends, family, or the people who are just beating us. It is possible that we also give false opinions to others in order to not hurt their ego. Where is the honesty? With this conduct, we will never learn to be humble, and we impede our personal growth and the growth of others we are that out of sweat. Hmm. I like that a lot. Again, the second paragraph seems to jump out at me more than the first pair of those two. Um, you know, I think we should be on guard about uh, are we um, accepting false flattery? Um, and, you know, are we, if someone that we're around is not humble and that's what they struggle with pride, um, you know, if we feel like we can't be honest with them because they're going to be all defensive and they're easily hurt and they're going to latch back out at us, again, I'm sort of thinking of Donald Trump here, um, you know, we should really be on guard for those, um, those uh, act, we should be on guard against acting that way. And if we see ourselves acting that way or other people acting like this around us, you know, if you ask someone for their opinion and they don't seem to want to give it, it might be that they don't think you're going to receive their counsel. That might be a warning sign to us to say, hey, you know, and if you need to tell me a hard truth, I want to hear it. Two things that jump out at me, um, you know, there's another couple of Proverbs that say, uh, um, better is open rebuke than hidden love. And there's another Proverb that says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. So if you need to say a hard truth to someone, um, if you're truly their friend, you're going to say it to them, you know, in love, and give them that correction and that uh, insight, because you're, your you're their friend and you want to help them. If you know something can help your friends, and they are wise and they're humble and they're willing to listen to counsel, um, you owe it to them to, to point something out to them that they might not be aware of. So, um, you know, that that's, I, I always pay attention to that. Am I um, being constructive and giving a criticism, and am I doing it in love, or am I doing it in frustration or uh, anger in a work setting? Uh, I think those are a couple important things to ask ourselves especially like if we're training employees and coworkers, um, you know, this, we should be very aware of, this, of the spirit in which we're speaking to someone and we're operating by um, whenever we're giving a correction. Um, the second thing is, you know, if people are flattering you, um, I, I read somewhere, I think the difference between flattery and a true compliment is that Flattery is not grounded in truth. You know, like they're really uh, exaggerating the truth. So a compliment will not be overly excessive, um, grandiose, or 
um, stretch the truth. But flattery, it's like, you know, say you're um, say you're a great outgoing person and and you um, you gave a speech to Toastmasters or some other group. The friend says, hey, that was a, that was a, a great speech. You know, I really appreciated you said this and this. That's a compliment. If someone says, oh, that was the best speech I ever heard. Like, you know, no one else here at Toastmaster group can compare to you. You know, I wish, you know, you're, you're just far, by far and away the best. It's like someone is, you know, I think the second would more be like a flattery. Like they're almost insulting someone else to compliment you more. So um, let's really ask Holy Spirit for, for discernment about um, if someone is flattering us or they're really complimenting us and also ourselves. If you want to compliment someone, um, let's make sure that our compliments, especially someone that we want to gain favor from, um, let's really compliment them honestly and not stretch the truth. Um, because I think some people, if they hear flattery, they think that it's not sincere, and then they don't accept it. And they might even see you as a kind of a phony person. Um, but if you give them an honest compliment, then you know they'll, they'll appreciate that. Because everyone loves to be encouraged. Um, and that, that first paragraph, um, I love the uh, the first sentence. We can't change or heal what we don't acknowledge. Sometimes people think, oh, the only reason I should change is if it, I, I think it would be better for me or um, if it will make me more money or um, it will give me more status or whatever. Um, you know, some of you might think, oh, I'll be willing to change if, if it's going to improve things in my uh, workplace, you know, if I'm going to have less strife and we're going to get better results as a team. But I think that um, I love that it says the word heal there. We can't heal what we don't acknowledge. Um, you know, a harsh word can stir up anger. A harsh word can, can hurt. Um, you know, I no longer... Uh, agree with that sticks and stones may break my bones so words will never hurt me um, it says in James the book of James that uh, the tongue is like a fire set on uh, the tongue is like um, set on fire from hell and um, it's like a viper set on fire from hell I believe like it can sting so we really need to um, speak words that will build up and um, it's very easy in uh, anger and frustration to speak harshly to someone so you need to realize that really um, creates wounds in our relationships and harms our relationships. So let's seek to be ministers of reconciliation um, in our workplaces, in our families, and and quickly admit when we're wrong and humble ourselves and apologize and and ask for forgiveness. Um, I think that can go a long, long way in uh, us bringing healing to our workplaces, especially with non-saved people we work around. When they see that humility in us, they're going to be drawn to uh, Christ in us because it, it's not common in the world. A lot of people only apologize like when they're almost made to or because um, they don't want to look bad. So let's be quick to apologize um, and humble ourselves and acknowledge when we're wrong and ask forgiveness and, and, and let someone know we want to have better fellowship with them. We want to have more unity with them um, so we can get better results. Let's go to some of the benefits of humility. We're at the bottom of the first page of our two-page PDF, and I'm also going to read um, the three. I'm going to read the three benefits, and then we'll do the four steps to follow. Um, benefit number one of being humble 
that we will have personal peace because we will not be able, excuse me, we will not be on the defense since we will have nothing to hide. Benefit number two of humility. We will be at peace with others because we will look for and recognize the good qualities in others rather than having an overinflated opinion about ourselves. Uh, benefit number three, we will gain favor from others because we are transparent and not afraid of criticism. We will know when to be on offense or defense. Hmm. Interesting. But I like that third benefit there. We'll know when to be on offense. Um, some people sort of, uh, I haven't been in a big office in a while. I know like in um, office politics, some people sort of accuse you or of things, trump up charges. Um, you over-exaggerate a, a wrongdoing you did and sort of always try to keep you on the defensive, like try to make themselves look good in a work situation and make you look bad. You know, make themselves look good by making you look bad uh, instead of letting their own good work be the basis of their promotion. Some people feel that um, they need to uh, make someone else look bad, make themselves look better by comparison. I think we should be aware of that. We also realize if we're being humble and, and not operating that way, um, and if we're not afraid of criticism and someone says, so-and-so didn't do this the right way, if we sit there and admit, instead of being all defensive and going, yes, I did, we say, well, I did, you know, four out of the five elements of this task correctly, but you're right, you know, in this one area, I could have done it better. Like, if we had that, you know, and I appreciate you pointing that out, I'll, I'll work on improving. If you react that way when they're expecting you to be all defensive, um, that's really disarming you know, that level of transparency, that level of humility. So um, let's remember to be counter-cultural um, or really um, stand out as different in our workplaces that way. Even with our spouses or our kids, you know, admitting our wrongdoing and being transparent, um, it's very powerful. Um, Yeah, the number one, being at peace because um, we have nothing to hide. I think that, um, you know, different Christians have different views on this. I've gone to um, Celebrate Recovery for about four or five years now. And one of their um, st- uh, principles is that um, when you always look to make amends, we'll seek to make amends except when to, to do so would harm myself or others. So, for example, that is, say you, you know, lusted after a coworker. If you had apologized to the Lord, you wouldn't want to go up to your coworker and go, "I apologize. I've been lusting for you, fantasizing about you." That's not going to be helpful in your relationship, but actually be harmful to them. So, um, in that kind of instance, you would just, um, you know, make an amend with the Lord, and um, you know, talk to someone like an accountability partner, someone that's a mature believer that can pray with you and encourage you to to act wiser. Um, so I think that the, uh, you know, um, we should always pray for discernment about making amends with people. I think that the principle of um, having nothing to hide, you know, being an open book, so to speak, um, is very powerful as well. Sometimes you start hiding a little thing and that can start leading to hiding really big things. And, um, you know, that can lead to all kinds of bad stuff. People going in jail uh, companies falling apart and going bankrupt. So um, I, I think we should encourage ourselves 
to ask regularly, what am I hiding or feeling that I need to hide? And how can I, is that a sin? And, and um, you know, is there some sin behind that? And if there is, how can I adjust my strategy? You know, so really seek the Father's guidance and um, in prayer and in the Word and also ask other believers for input. Um, yeah, in the past, I noticed in work, sometimes if I have a delay or a challenge comes up that I wasn't expecting, I would feel like I needed to hide it from a business partner or a client. And, um, you know, oftentimes it would come out later on down the line. They'd be like, why didn't you tell me that before? We could have dealt with it more proactively. So I've learned that when there's a challenge, the best thing to do is just bring it up right away and say, hey, we're having a challenge with this, and here's how we're planning to do to, to, to address it. And oftentimes, if you admit that to a coworker or a client, they might have a better idea. Or, you know, the two of you can put your heads together and come up with a better solution to address that challenge um, more powerfully and and more quickly. So there's great benefits to um, being humble and just admitting when you have a challenge. So uh, that's what I do now. When I feel like the urge to hide something, I look for a way to proactively deal with it with someone else. Let's go to the steps to follow, ways to practice humility. There's four steps here. Step one, admit it when we are wrong and recognize it publicly. When we voluntarily accept our mistakes, others will respect us. Step to follow number two, avoid pride. The way to humiliation is when others discover our mistakes and make them public. Number three, never cover your faults. Excuse or lie about your, oh sorry, excuse or lie about your mistakes, or you may end up believing your own lies. Even though there are consequences like being criticized or loss of popularity for the immediate future, humility will be your guarantee of character. And step number four, admire the success of others and also recognize and give credit to them. Truly successful people always give credit to others rather than boasting about how great they are. Hmm. Yeah, sort of counterintuitive of that first step. You know, voluntarily when we accept voluntarily accept our mistakes, others will respect us. Some people feel like, oh, this is this could be embarrassing. I'll lose respect if people find this out. But it's actually we can take power over our mistake by admitting it. Um, you know, if it does directly affect other people, and um, you know, just just admit it. Um, this sort of ties in with number two. You know, if we start hiding stuff, this will eventually come up to light. You know, the, our Father is loving, and He wants us to walk in His ways. I think it's part of His disciplining process is to allow things to come out in the open that we don't want someone else to know about. So, um, yeah, let's admit things and, and take the power out of, diffuse the power of something by um, not hiding it. Hmm. Yeah, I love number four. Um, admire the success of others, recognize them, give them credit. Um, my number one love language, uh, excuse me, spiritual gift, my number one love language is words of encouragement. Um, I took the test from the book, uh, The Five Love Languages. And it's by far my number one. Uh, my number two is uh, physical touch. Most men have physical touch as one of their top two. Um, 
In terms of my spiritual giftings, I've taken a couple of spiritual gifts tests online. And by far, my number one spiritual gift was gift of encouragement. And my number two was uh, a gift of teaching. So um, I encourage you, what I do with my spiritual gifts is I really love to encourage others and acknowledge them and praise them. And again, not, uh, not uh, being careful not to go into a flattery territory, but giving them a sincere compliment. Um, and then everyone appreciates someone acknowledging uh, their victory, especially like in business. You know, say someone reaches a million dollars or $10 million or $100 million in sales or a billion dollars in sales for the first time in their company. If they do that, there's a lot of challenges they had to overcome and deal with to grow their business to that level. There's a lot of personal growth involved in growing a business and, and making it more profitable. And um, So, you know, like the more successful you become, the less people can relate to your success because, sadly, not that many people are willing to do the work, the internal work on their character and their skill sets re- required to get to the next level. You know, a lot of times there's a big gap between a our desire to get to the next level and the work that we're willing to do to do that. So I think the key to becoming more and more successful is to always be bridging that gap. And that's what these my red uh, roundtables help with a lot, is improving our character so that we'll improve our results. Um, so yeah, my number one spiritual gift is words of encouragement, and it's also my love language, so I love using that in business. Uh, I encourage you you haven't already, take the, the five love languages test. You used to have to buy the book. Now you can actually do it right on the um, author's website. Uh, I think it's fivelovelanguages.com. Um, so yeah, if you haven't already, learn your, take the test online and find out what your top two um, love languages are and and um, take some spiritual giftings tests and find out what those are and really look to be strategic and um, using your gifts to compliment others and praise others where praise is due and um, entering into a better relationship with them. So let's go ahead and read these last couple paragraphs here and then we'll do the reflect and respond and close up. Humility will bring about character. This may appear to be a contradiction, but humility requires great courage. To practice humility is to recognize that we are still learning we don't know everything and that we are in the process of growing. As we recognize the areas we need to change, we gain opportunities for personal growth as individuals, families, and as a society. We avoid committing the same mistakes over and over and begin to know who we really are. Those around us will be given permission to do the same and will be attracted to us because they don't feel defensive around us. Humility is one of the finest assets in a person. To lose it is a devaluation of oneself. It is like the oil in a machine. It lasts longer, runs quieter, and gets the job done. It works rather than squeaks. It allows us to show who we really are without the need to pretend or hide our mistakes. Humility makes a person valuable and will gain you favor. Yeah, the, that last part of the first paragraph, that uh, humility requires great courage. You know, in the first page it said, um, 
some people feel like it's a sign of weakness to admit mistakes. Um, but it's not. It's actually a sign of strength. Yeah. Some people think humility is on some is in some way a type of an inferiority and avoid this attribute or character. So actually, um, it's not an inferiority. It's a superior character trait. Um, and it requires courage to admit your wrongdoing. So uh, I sense just in this, you know, seeing Donald Trump talk in interviews and things, I think maybe that's why he has a hard time apologizing is that he thinks in some way it's weakening him or lessening him, like it's making him inferior. And um, no one likes to be made to feel inferior, but I think he has a false understanding of that. Somewhere along the way, something his dad told him or some other authority figure, you know, like, hey, never apologize. There's nothing to apologize for. It's a sign of weakness if you're apologizing. That kind of philosophy is definitely out there in the world. Um, you know, Satan is a father of lies, and the more lies he can get us to believe and operate by, uh, the better for him. So um, if you've struggled with that lie, just, um, re, you know, renew your, yourself with the word. And um, I would encourage you to meditate on this. Meditate on this verse, Proverbs 28:13. That's really fascinating. A man who refuses to admit a mistakes can never be successful. That's very strong language, very strong language. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he will get another chance. Yeah, I think we need to realize that admitting our mistakes and being humble is, is not, won't just help us be more successful, it's essential to being successful. So um, I think meditating on that verse will really tear down that lie that, um, you know, it's weakening you to be humble and admit when you're wrong. You know, it's actually strengthening you. So in wrapping up here, I want to go over the, um, let's go over the reflect and respond. Um, if you haven't listened to a lot of these calls before or participated in them, like 70% of the value that you would get from going through this training is actually taking five minutes and reflecting on how to apply these principles in your own personal life and one or two strategies. Let's go over the three questions for reflect and respond. Number one, what has been your experience when you have admitted your mistakes? You know, are they good or bad? Um, think of different instances. Number two, what has been your experience when you have been humble in front of others? And number three, what benefits do we receive when we practice humility? Yeah, I think if you've had some traumatic event, maybe where you were admitted your wrongdoing and someone shamed you or really tried to insulted you or piled on and really tried to make you feel really bad for admitting the truth. Um, those kind of experiences can be traumatic. So I think it's good to write down and focus on other times where you were um, humble and admitted a wrongdoing and it, um, it led to someone acknowledging you and praising you. I think writing those kind of things down and um, those experiences and actively focusing on them will help you um, renew your mind and, and um, operate from a place of humility, even if you struggle with thinking it's, it's going to have bad consequences. Um, the little uh, evaluation in the bottom is sort of a continuation of the reflect and respond. Um, you evaluate yourself in the area of one, from one to ten, in the area of how well are you practicing humility in your life, ten being you're always humble and one being you're n never humble. Um, why did you give yourself this rating? Uh, what benefits will you obtain by raising your rating? And then um, what specific action can you put into practice to test the benefits of this principle? 
Yeah, like if you want to have better unity, better results with your team, write that down as a benefit you'll you'll obtain by raising your rating. And think of um, you know, one or two maximum uh, strategies, actions you can take, put into practice um, to practice humility more um, proactively and more intentionally. So um, I'm the kind of person I'll think of a hundred things. If you're like me, go ahead and write down ten or twenty things. But then stop and look at those and ask the Holy Spirit for discernment and only pick the top one or two things that will make the biggest impact and just focus on those in the next week. Um, every day, just check off, hey, that I actively practice humility. And I actively use this one or two uh, strategies that I wrote down uh, or specific actions that I wanted to take to practice more humility, to have more honor, to have more unity in our team, to get better results. So. Um, Last but not least, I'd encourage you, if you're going through these calls regularly, I'd encourage you um, to invite people you work with to join you on these calls. You can um, do one of these roundtables um, in your workplace even at lunch if you guys physically work in the same place. I have virtual workers all over the world. Um, I could even do this with my team, um, just getting on Skype together and reading it together. Now that I say that, I'm thinking... I, I should have um, been doing this before, but I just had the idea now. Um, and again, Friday at the end of the day, I'm going to sort of the end of the week, I'm going to start um, using this. Or maybe it might, we might do it first thing Monday so that the whole team can be intentional about using the principle of a Proverbs in our work. So um, feel free to invite people to do this with you. Even if they're not available in the evening or you're listening to the replays, you can't always get on these calls live. Um, yeah, the more you use this stuff and practice it with others, the faster and better results you will get. So um, I thank you for your time today. Um, I hope that you can understand me <laughs> this week. We just switched the calls back to Tuesday from uh, Thursdays. I have a seminary class that I'm doing on Thursdays this uh, next three months. And so I'd want people to be able to adjust to that and people will be on our calls again Next week, um, this is the first week we did it on Tuesday. I literally just told people on Monday yesterday um, that we're moving it to Tuesdays back from Thursday. So um, I trust you guys are having a great week. Get your kids back to school and getting your family back, you know, into work mode, out of vacation mode. And um, I pray that you will uh, be blessed as you practice humility in your in your um, in your life. Let me go ahead and close this in a prayer. Father, I thank you for this time of study. I thank you for uh, allowing me to speak, despite my mouth being a little numb still. Father, uh, Jesus, I, I thank you that you came to earth, that you um, humbled yourself and considered it not robbery to be, to humble yourself and take the form of a servant of a man. We praise you for that sacrifice that you made on our behalf. A lot of people just think about you're dying on the cross and the uh, pain of your um, whipping and beating before being put on the cross um, as your biggest sacrifice. I think you're living amongst us and, and um, willingly shedding yourself of your glory uh, in heaven and uh, willingly curtailing your powers and only you know, operating through the Father when you were in the flesh. And I think that was you know, uh, as equal as the biggest sacrifice as dying on the cross itself. So we just thank you for modeling humility to us. 
um, help us to, if we're struggling with humbling ourselves in the area, remember that you humbled yourself ultimately and that you call us to follow you and, and pick up our cross and follow you. So help us to follow your ways for our lives and not our own ways. Father, um, tear down any areas of pride. Reveal to us any areas of pride in our heart, in our habits, and we may confess those things to you and start to walk in your ways. So um, we thank you in advance for the benefits, for the improvements in our lives, in our families, in our businesses, in our relationships, as we um, walk in greater humility. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, for great insight into um, what are the best one or two strategies we can put in place this week, um, being more humble and um, admitting our faults um, with, with people that we work with. And, uh, and in praising them, and, and not, not um, flattering them, but in praising others, you know, looking for opportunities to give others credit when we have a victory in our work. So um, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me these thoughts to start doing uh, one of these roundtable calls weekly with my staff. And um, I pray that many of us that are going through these trainings will be similarly inspired to really um, shine your light brightly and be very powerful living um, epistles of your word and, and um, great ministers of uh, your hope, of Jesus, great ambassadors of the hope that we have in you and the power that we have in you. Help us to um, walk in great power and do great things for your, for your glory, Lord Jesus. Um, make our businesses very profitable this week. Make our work very fruitful. And um, help us, Lord, to give you the glory when someone praises us and say, hey, it's by God's grace that I was able to do that and you know, praise God, that's awesome. Like, let's um, let's always make sure that we acknowledge you as the source of our victories and the source of our um, our, um, our breakthroughs, our improvements in our work, Lord, improvement in our results. Thank you, Father, for this time. And uh, we put all these things in your precious and powerful and awesome name, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, thank you for your time. We hope you can uh, join us uh, next week live and participate with us um, on the on the live web calls. All right, bye for now. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.